Welcome to Living Intentionally with Elizabeth. I'm your host, Elizabeth, and I'm inviting you to join me on a journey to find total wellness in mind, body, and spirit, as well as unbecoming anything that we're not in order to embody who we truly are. Each episode focuses on one specific area, and the goal is to provide thought-provoking ideas as well as easy-to-implement practices that you can start today. This is a place for compassionate self-development, and I am so happy to have you here with me. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. I am so happy to introduce today's guest, Her name is Libby. She is a self-love expert and conscious women's empowerment coach. She teaches women how to fully and authentically love all of themselves. As well, she is all about creating magic in our lives through changing the way we perceive ourselves and how we engage with the self. Today, Libby shares her story with us, how she went from dealing with things like depression, eating disorders, and even suicide attempts to becoming the amazing, empowered woman that she is today. We talk about all things self-love, how you can cultivate it for yourself, and why it's so important to do that. She tells us why you need to get out of your comfort zone to experience growth. And if you're asking yourself whether you deserve that crazy, amazing life, she says, why not you? She is Life with Libby on Instagram and YouTube, as well as her own podcast, which I totally recommend listening to after finishing this episode. And here we go with Libby. Okay. Hi, Libby. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming. I'm so excited. Um, I gave the listeners a bit of an introduction to you already, but I would love it if you could just take the first few minutes to tell me and the listeners about yourself, how you got started on this journey and what you do now. Absolutely. So it has definitely been a long ass journey. Like, (laughs) (laughs) wow. Sometimes I look back at myself, you know, at little Libby and I'm like, oh my God, I just go back there and I just give her a little hug. Cause like, wow. You know, I just think like as women, we are so so powerful and we don't realize how strong we are until we look back and like, wow, I walked through some dark times. Like Mm. we've literally been through hell and back, you know? And so I will, you know, I'm going to just take you guys back to my childhood. So I grew up in a very conservative Christian home where I was really not allowed to express who I was I was called demonic a lot of the times because my fashion choices were, I was really into skulls as a kid and I loved wearing them. Um, I would be called demonic. I remember I had like stretched ears um, in high school and they were like, oh, that's demonic too. So, you know, really <laughs> like, okay, damn. Like, so you're already raised in this environment where it's like the body is sinful, but then mm-hmm. now my body also became this, um, the site of a lot of anger and a site of war within myself, right? Because I was like, well, I want to be able to express myself. But then when I did, I was told that I was like the devil. Mm. So it was really, it was a really toxic um, environment with myself. And that just started at such a young age where 
I was in constant battle with who I was and who I thought I was supposed to be. And when I, you know, came into my teenage years, I remember, okay, so I'm 13 and this is when I'm like, okay, I'm definitely not straight. Like I'm definitely, Mm -hmm. you know, bi or something. I had my first girlfriend at 13 and, you know, as dating is at that age. Um, But it was also fun keeping it a secret because I could have my girlfriend sleep over and there's no way in hell my parents would have allowed a boyfriend to sleep over. (laughs) (laughs) So I I was that way with some of it. Um, But yeah, it was like, just growing up, not being able to be myself and especially, you know, being gay. Like I didn't come up to my mom until about a year ago, like Mm. a year and a half ago. And, you know, it was not, it was not awesome. It wasn't great. Um, but so I grew up in this environment and what ended up happening is I got major, major depression. I started like falling into depression deeply at 13. I started Mm. self-harming, Uh, I was cutting myself, burning myself, scratching, pulling out my hair. Um, And I went years and years and years undiagnosed with anxiety. And I really didn't even know I had generalized anxiety disorder until my early 20s. And I didn't know. I was like, oh, that's why I get this feeling all the time. That's why I feel sick to my stomach a lot of the time. And I was just in this trap of like being depressed, being anxious. But then I was really, really good at wearing a mask. I was Mm -hmm. so good at just being like, everything is great and keeping the smile on. And I think we were also, my sisters and I were raised by my mom to have that mentality because there was always turmoil and trauma happening within the home. Um, But nobody would have guessed. My mom was very, very good at just being so strong for the family, but in her being strong and being everybody's pillar, she also held up this facade that things were so great in our home. And we were like this perfect little middle-class family living in a nice neighborhood and Mm. everything on the outside was great, but really we struggled so much, you know, emotionally, we struggled financially and nobody on the outside would have known that. Wow. Yeah, I just, um, I'm sorry not to cut you off, but I'm so intrigued and it makes me think about, you know, growing up in a home where you, you know, can't really feel comfortable being yourself as well as putting on, getting really good at putting that mask on. It makes us question our intuition, right? Like it makes you question if you can trust yourself. So I wanted to pose that to you. Like, did that, is that how that made you feel? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it plagued me for for years because uh, going into my 20s, I then felt like, oh, I really questioned my sexuality again because I mm-hmm. felt like, oh, being gay is wrong. And I actually ended up working in ministry for a while. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I worked in ministry, which is so funny because it's just so different from who I am now. But it's just mm-hmm. what I was raised in. And it was something that helped give me purpose it's like, okay, well, I have something to look forward to. I am preaching on Sunday or I have this going on. So I didn't, you know, continually think yeah. about suicide. Like, so at some point in my life, it was a really great thing for me. 
Um, and I don't want to put down people who are in church and prefer people who do have faith. Um, mm. My faith has just shifted and God, the idea of God has just really shifted for me. Um, but yeah, definitely not being able to trust myself, not being able to, to have my back. Right. So I would have all mm. these like business ideas and, Oh my God, I'm going to, I want to go and do this. I want to do this. And I would start it and I would never finish it because mm. I didn't have that self-trust to back myself up that I could actually be a success. Right. And, yeah. you know, growing up in that environment, I, you know, not only dealt with depression and anxiety, but I developed, um, eating disorders, both anorexia and bulimia. I was mm. very sick for a long time. And the thing is, it wasn't even a secret in my family. Like it wasn't mm. a secret. And there's people in my family now who are still battling eating disorders um, in, you know, their adulthood going into their thirties and still battling mm. that. And everybody knows about it. It's not a secret, but it's for some reason in my family, it's like, there's this really toxic idea of what beauty is. And if you're not at that beauty standard, it's kind of like some members in the family look down on you. Like mm -hmm. your morality is tied to how you look. Interesting. Yeah. So that was a really, that was a huge thing for me to overcome. Cause I honestly felt like I had this idea that if I gained weight, that I would, mm -hmm. that I don't somehow be a bad person that I was letting myself down. And I had these really, really messed up ideas as to who I was supposed to be and what I was supposed to be doing. And every time I tried to do something for me, I was further damaging myself. And so mm -hmm. I ended up um, in really, you know, toxic, emotionally abusive relationships. I was never able to just be alone. Like I always had to have somebody there. I had to really just always be occupied. I had to be distracted all the time. And that led to uh, really bad addictions with alcohol. I was so dependent on alcohol. Um, I was popping Molly like three to four times a week. Um, and then I was doing a lot of cocaine and just destroying my body and not being in a place where I felt okay. But everything was just a distraction to keep me distracted from my depression and this this deep, deep feeling of emptiness that mm -hmm. it went on for so long that I thought that this was just my reality because I had gone through therapy, you know, so much traditional therapy mm -hmm. thing made me feel better. And I just felt like I was treating my symptoms rather than getting to the root cause of them. And I got to a place where I said, okay, depression, we're going to be friends. <laughs> because I was so tired of fighting yeah. it. I was so tired. And I said, okay, I'm going to live with this. And this is just going to be my reality. I was so defeated that I became okay with settling for that life of just being mediocre, of feeling sad. I was like, well, sadness is just my reality. And I didn't think that there was actually a way out of it. 
Wow. That's, that's so interesting. And that, you know, leads me to my question of how did you go from that, from all these hardships and questioning yourself to this journey that you're on now? What was that turning point like for you? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, um, a really big turning point was, uh, I had an accidental overdose. So I had tried Mm -hmm. suicide a few times. Um, but out of my recklessness, I accidentally overdosed Mm. and it was just like a crazy thing. You know, like I was just like, it just happened. And I was like, Oh shit. I woke up in bed. Like I was like, okay, everybody went home, woke up. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm feeling so sick. And thank God I woke up and thank God I threw up. And I ended up Mm -hmm. like laying in a pool of vomit on the floor because I had like no strength to get up, no strength to get my phone. And um, it was that moment that I was kind of like, oh, my God, I almost died and I didn't even want to die. And I was like, there has to be something more because I had tried. Like, I really, really did try to, like, read self-help books. I would, you know, download the audio versions of them. I would listen to them all the time. Um, Money books, just anything I could get my hands on to make me feel better. Mm-hmm. And it was like, just nothing was working. So what happened during that time is I was like, okay, I want to get to the root of this because I thought I can't keep living like this. And I was at this point where I was like, I don't want to put my family through such deep, deep loss because we mm-hmm. had, so I lost um, my older cousin who, you know, not much older than I am. And it was just a sudden death. Um, And then we lost, you know, my aunt was also a sudden death. And I saw my family just be torn about this. And I was like, okay, you know what? I can just deal with my depression. I'll just have to deal with it. I'll just suffer. So I don't put my family through Mm -hmm. suffering. But then when this happened, when I was like, okay, shit, I didn't even want to die. And now I almost died. I was like, there's something going on. There's something that's pushing me towards this, that's causing this to happen in my life. And it was kind of like a light bulb moment of like, what is happening? Like there's something causing this to go on and on and on and on. So what Mm -hmm. is that? And then I started to really look at myself as, okay, I tried to, so I started by looking at my body first because I had a lot of body issues and I started to look at my body and say, well, how can I start to just appreciate my body more? How can I start to do that? And what ended up happening is I thought, okay, well, I have sexual, you know, uh, things that I love that I've been told that are wrong. Like I love, you know, having sex with women. And that was something that was so taboo and Mm -hmm. so wrong to me for so long. And I just said, okay, you know what? I'm going to accept that part of me. I'm going to love my queerness, you know, up, you know, in married to a man, but, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but just accepting that of myself and be like, okay, cool. So this is something my body loves learning how to really touch myself. What do, what does my body want? And I started out there by learning how to listen to my body and start to appreciate her. And, you know, that was really great. I said, okay, wow, this is really cool. Like I've never been taught this. And these are things that were just coming up for me. Um, 
within myself. And then I thought, well, how can I take this deeper? Okay, so there's my depression, there's this. And what I really found at the core of my being was that I didn't love myself and I didn't accept myself. And so then because I didn't have a deep love and a deep acceptance and a deep understanding of who I am, that I was trying to be something other than what I was meant to be. I was saying, okay, well, you know, for the example, I was like, oh, I just need to be straight. So I would be like, okay, I'm going to ignore all of these, um, these wishes, these desires. I'm going to ignore all of that. And so, you know, when you ignore parts of you, you're denying those aspects of self. And the more that you really deny yourself, the more shadows that you're creating, the more shadows that you create that, you know, really reside in the subconscious mind, the more that you are going to engage in self-sabotaging behavior and not even realize why these things are happening. But you're going to notice this perpetual pattern of scarcity, a perpetual pattern of depression, of anxiety. And that's exactly where I was noticing that shit, I almost died. I almost killed myself and I didn't even mean to, but it was just literally my energy of my self acceptance was so low. And I realized, wow, okay, I need to start accepting who I am and working through all of these layers. And, you know, I'm happy to say now, you know, I'm running my own online business and, you know, I'm more successful financially than ever. Um, I've, I've gotten into the university of my dreams. I got into a uh, university of Toronto. Um, and when I, when I had gone in, I got accepted into the honors program. And when I first started applying to university, you know, eight years ago, it was like, um, I couldn't even get into one. And then to be accepted into like the hardest university to get into in the country was like mm -hmm. crazy. You know, I went from being like homeless to manifesting money and being able to pay my rent, traveling the world, um, being so in love with my body that I don't even think about um, the calorie intake anymore. Because even though I was like, okay, I'm going to overcome um, eating disorders and I'm not going to throw up anymore and I am not going to starve myself. You can still have a really unhealthy relationship with food because you can look mm -hmm. and just be like, Oh my God, I'm not going to allow myself to eat that. And you like feel guilty if you do. So having those kinds of patterns completely broken and just being able to like eat intuitively and be healthy. Um, you know, meeting my husband, I moved to the Caribbean. I'm in a gorgeous fucking house. I've got 43 acres of land here. Like, uh, we expanded our family. We got another dog in and things are like, my life is completely different. And I don't have that constant depression, that constant anxiety. Like everybody gets them from time to time. You know, and that's completely normal because we're human. I'm not going to be, you know, on my high all the time. I'm not going to be super high because that's just not human. You know, like uh, as the Buddha had said, that suffering is a part of the human existence. We're going to suffer. And, you know, sometimes, yeah, I feel down, of course, you know, but it's how I now respond to these things where instead of saying, Libby, you need to be this, you need to be that, I just take 
things for what they are and just have learned to be so present, become so aware. And I will say that really cultivating a personal awareness for yourself is the number one thing that you can do to really live with intention because you can say, I'm intending, I'm going to go with grace today. I'm going to have so much love for everybody. I'm going to have this. That's great. It's so great to see those things. But you know that we get in our car, we get into a traffic jam. Somebody cuts us off. Your boss yells at you like shit happens. And it's not always easy to like go with grace in everything we do. But when you have that self-awareness and you begin to cultivate that and the more you learn to live in the present moment rather than living in the past and your thoughts or your worry of the future, but you come to that present moment, you're able to just reflect and say, okay, what's coming up for me right now? Am I being triggered right now? How is this making me feel? What am I projecting out of myself? And when you become so present that you're able to really focus on you and focus on the present moment, you find that you become less sad, you become less angry, and there's just more room. Your container grows for love because you take out the the grossness, you're taking out the garbage, take out the trash, and you just say, look, I'm not going to allow those things to be a part of my life. And the thing is, is it has to be a practice. It can't just be like, okay, I'm going to decide this today and the rest of my life is going to be different. I always say that self-love is a decision and to decide to love yourself is the best thing that you can do, but you need to decide every single day to love yourself. So yes, there was a turning point for me, but there should have been a turning point for me a long time ago. Like I should have had that turning point, you know, maybe my first suicide attempt or before I ever got to that. And the thing is, if you don't make daily decisions to love yourself, you're not going to even live. Sometimes we talk about living in fear or living in scarcity, but I don't even like that word to say that you're living in fear. I'm like, you're dying in fear. You're dying in scarcity. You're dying in anything that is not love, anything that's not grace, anything that's not abundance. It's killing you and it will kill you. And I know because I've been there and it's almost killed me. Mm -hmm. I I totally agree. And I love what you say about it being a practice because I admit I'm fairly new to this cultivating self-love and I'm like so interested in it. And finally that light bulb went off for me as well. It's just like, why the hell am I spending so much time hating myself or putting myself down? Um, but, you know, you can get in this good place of self-love and you're feeling great. And then you get bad news or something bad happens to you and it's so easy to slip back in if you don't um, continually choose to love yourself every day, regardless of what happens, um, what happens to you. Absolutely. And that's really where like uh, self-discipline and boundaries mm -hmm. are going to play a really big role for you. And you need to really ask yourself, like, well, what does loving myself look like? Because it's going to be different for everybody, right? Like for me, it's, I, I'm very, I'm an Aquarius. So I am on just freedom. Like I hate anything that's like, makes me feel like I'm trapped or I'm kind of tied mm -hmm. down. Like 
that's why I can't have a job. Like I literally can't be an employee. Like I just, I was like, Hey, I know this is not working for me. Um, I need to just do my own thing. And you know, that's what I am doing, but you have to have, ask yourself, like, what does self-love look from look like for me? Mm-hmm. Sometimes people are like in their dream job and it is working for someone else. And that's okay. Like, that's okay. Not everybody needs to be like an entrepreneur. Not everybody needs to be doing those things. But looking at yourself and saying, well, what does this look like for me? What kind of relationships do I want to have? And when you start to look at the things in your life that you want, and then you start to say, well, okay, well, what kind of person would I be if I had those things? And then you think, okay, well, if I had, so we often think, right? Like I even thought the other day, I was like, oh man, like I can tell my hips are kind of out of alignment right now. Um, Like when I'm doing my yoga and I'm like, oh, that's really frustrating. And I was like, oh, I'll fix it. You know, next a couple months, I was like, I'll start going to the chiropractor. And I'm like, Libby, you're so dumb. Just like start working on it now. Like watch your posture. Like, (laughs) right. Like we always think that once we get something, then we can be that person. But when you ask yourself, well, what do I really want for my relationships? What kind of love do I want to feel? What do what kind of a relationship do I want to have towards money? What mm-hmm. what kind of things do I want? What boundaries do I have? What does my spiritual walk look like? Do I want to, you know, ascend into a new paradigm of spirituality? Do I want to go to church more? Do I want to, you know, do I want to be somebody who practices meditation? Ask yourself, what does that really look like for you? And then say, well, how can I cultivate those feelings that I want that to give me in my life right now? How can I look at myself and say, okay, well, if I want to feel abundant love for others, how can I start feeling that within myself? Right. And I think that it's so um, right now, self-love is a hot word, but I think it's very Mm. misunderstood because a lot of the time we think self-care is equal to self-love. And unfortunately, that's just not the case, right? Self-care can be like, you know what? I'm going to go shopping today. I'm going to dye my hair. I'm going to take a bath. And it's a lot of things that you do for yourself. And I I don't want to, you know, knock self-care and say, you know, it's not important. It is important. But self-love is not just about doing things for you. It's about completely changing how you feel about yourself is about changing how you show up for yourself. And it's really a big part of it. And a lot of what I teach is about going into your subconscious mind and addressing the trauma that has made you feel less, that has made you feel weak, that has made you feel insignificant. Finding that, pinpointing that, healing the trauma and then reprogramming it so you actually can live from a place of love. And what that looks like is going to be different for everybody, right? So it's not just like, you know what, go take your bath, bitch. Like, go do that, you know? Absolutely. (laughs) But then self-love is also pushing yourself to say, okay, well, maybe you've had an idea to like write a book. Maybe you write poetry. Okay, well then make yourself have self-discipline to spend an hour every single day writing that self-love is about holding boundaries with yourself. It's like if you have a job, right. And then you're like showing up late 
and you're not really doing the work you're supposed to be doing, you're going on Facebook during the day, you're taking a little extra break here and there, chances are you're not going to have that job for very long, right? And if we treat our jobs with such importance, why are you not treating yourself with the same importance? It really comes down to you being accountable to you. Mm, like compassionate self-development. Like I want to be better, but I also love myself as I am, um, as I continue to grow. So like you're pushing yourself, but with love. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you have to, like, you know, the first thing would really be to, um, I know I said, you know, what is it that I want? You know, ask yourself that for sure. But really look at yourself as you are right now and decide I'm not broken. Because so many times, and I hear this a lot through like different spiritual, like quote unquote gurus or whoever. And it's like, you need to be fixed. You need to be fixed. It's not true. You're not like a broken project. You're not like a building that's fallen apart. Like we, we speak in such interesting ways, but that caused a lot of imagery in our minds. And you're not broken, right? We often say like, oh, I, I, I have a broken heart. Okay. Like, mm-hmm. Your heart's not broken, but we have this imagery where we end up painting ourselves as these broken people and you're not broken. When you just come to say, look, how I am is okay. Right in this moment, right in this moment, I am absolutely perfect. I'm absolutely whole. And I'm going to completely love all of this. And I'm going to love all of me and every single human on the planet has every human capability, every human personality wrapped up within them. Like we all share it. We all share everything. Like we're capable to do anything, to be anything. Every single person has that within them. So mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, like I've looked at myself and I'm like, damn, Libby, you're pathetic. And I'm like, and I said it, but then I'm like, I look at it. I'm like, that's okay. Like I'm pathetic. <laughs> like everyone's pathetic. Like we all try so hard when we don't have to, like, that's so pathetic. And I laugh about it, you know? So, or, it's, or, you know, a one word that used to like really, really trigger me. And now I really own that word is I used to hate being called a bitch. Like people would mm. be like, Oh, you're so bitchy. And I would hate it. I'd be like, no, no, I'm not a bitch. Like I'm not. And I'm now I'm like, I'm such a bitch. Like, that's okay. Cause I'm a badass bitch. Yeah. And you know, it's like take these things that used to really hurt me. And I just like accept them about myself. And I say, yeah, yes, I am. Like I'm a boss. Like I'm allowed to be a bitch mm-hmm. and I can just take these things that, you know, were meant to hurt me and really use it as something that is funny or inspiring and just come to a place of self accept self acceptance. Right. Mm. Of course though, it's okay to be pathetic all the time, <laughs> right? but sometimes it's okay to be like, shit, it's okay. It's not okay to be a bitch all the time because most of my work is very like empathetic work, <laughs> you know? Um, but sometimes I need to be like a bitch and be like, you know, show my clients some tough love. Mm-hmm. Right. 
And so there's different times and places to be different things. And so when I say accept how you are right now, yeah, it's okay. Accept how you are. But then you know what? Don't allow yourself to stay there. Don't allow yourself to become stagnant. Don't allow yourself to say that like, uh, I'm okay just being okay. Mm-hmm. Like you shouldn't be, babe. Like you should be thriving. You know, I love your, like, I just love the title of your podcast, mm-hmm. Living with Intention. I'm like, Yes, like, <laughs> yes, like live with intention, live with some zest, some chutzpah. Like, I'm not Jewish, but I really like that word. <laughs> That's an awesome word. <laughs> what right? I, I love that you love the title. What does that mean to you, like living intentionally? Oh, I just love it. I love intention. Um, I try, you know, to practice intention every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, so amazing. So um, have you ever heard of, you know, that particle wave theory? Well, it's not even a theory. It's like a thing. So mm-hmm. when the scientists are like, you know, splitting atoms, they're trying to figure this shit out. Mm-hmm. And then there's like this uh, particle. And they're like, okay, well, what is it? But they found that when they wanted to see it as a wave, it behaved as a wave. But when they wanted to see it as like a particle, it became a particle. Oh, so it was the researcher's intention, what they intended to find, they would be able to measure the wavelength or you know, measure whatever they measure with particles. But I just love that. Um, I'm really not articulating this in a great way, but I hope I'm giving like a very basic understanding of it. When they, int- whatever they intended to look at, that's when it became. Mm. And so when we think about energy and we think like, okay, I intend to make an impact, right? So for example, um, I like, I write down in my journal, like I have my manifesting journal and I write like, okay, you know what? I want to be on, I want to be a guest on 40 podcasts Mm -hmm. for, you know, 2020. Like that's, you know, something I wrote in my goals. Awesome. Great. You know, it's, we're not even, you know, we're like halfway through the month of January and I've already, you know, this is my second podcast of the year. Right. So it's like asking yourself, what do you intend? What are you intending to do? And putting that intention out there, putting that energy out there because the universe wants to respond to you. But like, are you giving the universe anything to go off of other than the same way you've been behaving for the last 20 years? Mm -hmm. Or like, are you going to intend to change? What are your intentions? And I think getting really clear about what those are. And then living your life in accordance with that. And every day when I wake up, I wake up earlier than my husband because I just, I need my time alone. And we get a lot of each other. Like, you know, it's just because we live in like the middle of a jungle. So, you know, (laughs) quarantine or not, like we rarely have anyone over. We rarely go out. Like we go out for groceries and that's about it. Um, (laughs) But... I wake up every morning and I do my meditation and I always think, what do I intend for my day? And I envision my day and I think, okay, well, if I want to live today with total love, just a love for everything and a very deep understanding, then I'm going to kind of imagine my day as with love going before me. So, you know, Mm -hmm. if there's a situation, maybe my husband's going to piss me off later. (laughs) And instead of like reacting with anger, I'm going to react with love. 
and say, you know, instead of yelling back at him, maybe I say, babe, what triggered you? Mm -hmm. You know, what happened? What was the moment that made you get so upset? What, how can we work on that? Right. So it really just changes the dynamic of how you engage with the world and how the world is going to engage back with you. And when you're setting out your intentions and I just, I see it, I imagine it going from my heart space. So I intend love. Let's say that, you know, I'll just stick with that example. And I just imagine my body complete radiating, um, just abundant love going out. And that's the energy that I see going before me, coming from me. And then I'd be able to attract even more love into my life. Right. And I think you can really do that with anything, but living with intention is really saying, you know what, I'm not going to just allow life to pass me by. I want to take control of this shit. This is my ship and I'm going to direct this ship in the way that I want to go. Like I might hit some storms on the water. I might have this and this happen, but like at the end of the day, I'm going to get to my, you know, my point B. Mm. That really allows you to respond rather than just react. If you know the intention you want to bring into your day, say it's love you're responding with love regardless rather than reacting. Um, I know we can all um, be reactive sometimes, especially if our loved ones are <laughs> pissing us off. I feel that mm-hmm. um, it's easy to just react, um, but maybe intention brings that um, response in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Does. And it primes you like you're priming your mind. Mm-hmm. And you're actually, when you're living with intention, you're retraining your brain so that new neural pathways are being created. So that instead of like reacting with anger, your, your natural response is not going to be to do that anymore. At first, it's going to be work, but then your natural response after, you know, maybe like they say, it takes 21 days to create a habit, right? Mm-hmm. So what if you practice, I'm going to go forward with love every single day for 21 days, you're going to create new neural pathways that allow you to react in a different way rather than with anger. Mm, I love that. So let's say somebody listening is a complete beginner to this whole self-love idea and intention. How, like, what are some simple first steps to creating that self-love or taking the first steps towards that journey? Yes. Okay. First steps. I would say, get real with yourself, like get real, ask yourself, what is it costing me to not love myself? Mm, I love that. Really? Yeah. And ask like, what is it costing you? It almost cost me my life, you know, like on multiple occasions and not even just that it would have cost my family. It's a serious, so when I like, I'm so serious and I'm so passionate about self-love because I see it as truly a life or death scenario. You know, ask yourself, is it costing you your sanity? Is it costing you your relationships? Is it costing you your finances? And say, okay, wow. And get real with yourself and really ask yourself what these things are. What? What is it that I need to change in my life? And you might not know the answer right away. And that's okay Mm -hmm. to just kind of question yourself, start questioning yourself and starting to practice awareness, right? Starting to live with that idea of 
wow, well, how can I uh, be more aware of my thoughts and asking and really taking inventory of like, what did I think about yesterday? What is my mind constantly worrying about? Right. Because we as humans, like we love to worry Mm-hmm. And it is, it drives me crazy. I hate anxiety. Like I hate it. And I'm so happy that I'm mm-hmm. over it. Like, sometimes it still creeps in. Don't get me wrong. But like, I fucking hate anxiety. Like it mm-hmm. was so debilitating for me for so long. Like I had passed out on like the subways. Like I, I had, you know, I fainted before going on an airplane and like mm-hmm. I had fallen underneath the table and hit my head and like waking up to strangers around you. It's a very scary feeling to be in. And I'm like, you know, so if that's something going on for you, like ask yourself, why, why am I, what is going on within me? And, you know, maybe cultivating the opposite of what you're experiencing. So if you're experiencing, if, you know, we gave the example of like anger, try to cultivate more love. And I think what a lot of traditional therapies do is they focus on, okay, let's, how can we lower your anxiety? But if we focus instead of, you know, fuck lowering your anxiety, let's focus on your confidence. Let's raise your confidence up. And we start focusing on that and like why you're so amazing and how you can be so proud of yourself and how you can just love yourself and appreciate yourself more. Well, then, you know, anxiety is going to just drop because you're feeding something else. Attention goes or energy goes where attention Mm -hmm. goes, right? That's Mm -hmm. where we're focusing. Okay, how can I reduce anger? How can I reduce anger? you're still going to be angry. You're just going to be maybe a little bit less angry or not be able to express yourself in ways that are, um, you know, good for you or good for those around you. Right. Mm-hmm. So asking yourself, you know, get real with yourself. What is this costing you? What is it costing you to not be living a life um, of love? Mm-hmm. And starting to become aware of your thoughts. So those are just huge, huge ones. Just, you know, if you're starting out to figure out what it is that you need, um, I would always say, you know, hire a mindset coach because um, working with coaches is the quickest way for you to get from point A to point B, the quickest mm-hmm. way, because they see past through your bullshit and they're mm-hmm. going to tell you exactly what to do. And if you do the work, you know, you're going to get the results. Um, yeah. And then something else. So I have a, um, a self-love workbook. That's totally free. People can go through that and it's going to go through, you know, your boundaries. It's going to go through, you know, how to love your body, how to come overcome negative self-talk. And we like, we talk about, you know, really replacing, you know, focusing from one place to focus on something else. So it's just a really great workbook for people to go through. Um, that's another thing that you can really do. That's great. I'm going to link that for sure in the show notes. Um, That sounds so interesting. And I wanted to touch on as well, you talked about the importance of, you know, looking deeper at your thoughts and actually becoming aware of your thoughts, because I'm sure you can relate to, I realized how many things I was thinking without realizing it. Those neural pathways were just so ingrained and I was thinking so many negative thoughts all day. Um, each one chipping away at me a little bit, but not even uh, consciously thinking those, if that makes sense. So once I became a little bit more aware and intentional with my thoughts and just kind of observing my thoughts, it's crazy how kind of easier it was to shift them once I knew all of the things that I was thinking all day. 
Absolutely right. And when you're come on, when you become aware of that, you really feel like, oh my gosh, this is what I've been allowing myself to focus mm-hmm. on. And ninety percent of your thoughts that you think today are what your thoughts from yesterday. Like we're really yes. creatures of habit. And so, you know, it might not even be intentionally like negative thoughts, but okay. Let's say you feel like somebody wronged you. Like this happens Mm -hmm. to me. um, Oh my gosh. At the beginning of 2020 and somebody close to me had, you know, talked bad about me and it wasn't even like that big of a deal, but like it just got to me. And I was Mm -hmm. like, all I could think about for three days, I kid you not. I was like, I've done so much for this person. How dare they say that about me? And I was just like furious and I couldn't Mm -hmm. get out of it. And then I was like, oh my God. And I realized I'm like, Libby, you've been on this. This is day number three. This happened three Mm -hmm. days ago. Like let it go. You know, Mm -hmm. like you just, we don't even mean to do it sometimes, but it's just that awareness saying, hey, okay, what do I want? what do I want and what are, where am I at right now? And how can I cultivate that feeling to be like where I want to be? Totally. And I think that part of it is probably comfortable. It's the way we've always thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like you said, it's hard to get out of it. It's work, but definitely worth it. And so that's my little segue into comfort zone. I know you talk a lot about getting out of your comfort zone. Um, how, how do we know when we're outside our comfort zone? How do we know if we're too far? Like, what's that balance? Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to pick your brain on all things comfort zone. Love that. Love that. Okay. So you're so right. There needs to be a balance because if you threw yourself out, like you're going to be like, oh my God, I threw myself out to the wolves. Like mm-hmm. the, like I'm getting attacked. Like it's going to feel too much for you and you're going to regress. Mm-hmm. rather than grow and that's not what we want right you really want to be like this well I know for me like I want to be a powerhouse you know so how can I get out of my comfort zone mm-hmm. so um I will say ask yourself okay well what do you want and what's the difference between what you want and where you are right now and so maybe for you that's like you know having a house in Malibu Maybe you want, you know, that, like, that house, the pool. How did you know? (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like, (laughs) I love that. Nailed it. You want that house. You want that house in Malibu with the pool, with the gorgeous view. Like, yes. You know, maybe with your, like, your Range Rover driving out. (laughs) Right? Like, oh, my God, what a beautiful life. And why why not you? Right. But okay, yeah. so you're maybe going to say like, okay, well, this is what I want. But like, let's say, okay, realistically, so I'm not going to happen tomorrow. Like somebody's not, you know, and God's not going to come down with like a long white beard and be like, here's a, here is a key to your brand new house. Yeah. <laughs> here's the fob to your car. Like, okay. Right. So yeah, that might be a big stretch for somebody right now to say like, okay, this is what I'm going to have. Right. Um, like when I was like living in this basement (laughs) and I was like, oh my God. And if you're living in a basement, there's nothing wrong with that. But like, don't allow yourself to stay there. Like let's grow Mm -hmm. more for yourself. Right. When I was living there, I thought like, oh my God, 
living in a, in a house. Like I thought, oh my gosh, if I could have my own house, like that was just crazy for me at that time. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, you know, even think something like that. And then I thought, okay, well maybe I can just like get my own apartment. That would be really cool. Like that would be something really cool for me. And so just mm-hmm. allowing yourself to go to a place that stretches you enough, but that doesn't feel totally out of reach. Mm-hmm. And so then saying, okay, what do I need to, what do I need to be doing differently? You know, getting out of your comfort zone is going to say, well, something has to change because if you're in a daily routine, something's got to be different in order for you to get to where you want to be. Something has to change. So getting out of your comfort zone enough to say, okay, well, you know what, if I want this, then I'm going to have to do this. Start investing in like some books, you know, start practicing meditation. Like, oh my God, I can't say this enough. Like practice meditation because that is the number one way to cultivate awareness. And then, you know, getting out of your comfort zone. And that is like, I started out doing three minute meditations, just that Mm -hmm. three minutes in the morning um, before I would go to work, I would sit on my bed listen to one three-minute song and a meditation song, so nothing with lyrics. And I just focus on my breath. And when that song ended, I would go. And, you know, now I'm like, oh, my God, I could, like, meditate for, like, an hour. And that's so fun for me, you know? But it's, it's really, really changed my life. And so, you know, if I would have said to myself a few years ago, like, meditate for an hour, it would have killed me. Like, I no, mm-hmm. no way would I have been able to do it. And now it's just a part of my daily practice. You know, if I do meditate, mm-hmm. it's for a minimum of 15 minutes, like a minimum. That's awesome. Right? Yeah, so it's it's true. Like, you can start with three minutes. You can start with one minute. It's just doing it yeah. and starting it. Just start it and keep yourself yeah. accountable. And if you want, like, I always say, like, get an accountability buddy. For me, like, I hire a coach and I'll be like, okay, this is what I want. Um, This is how much money I want to make in the next month. This is this, this, and this. Okay, so this is the kind of relationship I want with my husband. Okay, how can I do this? How can I do this? And so for me, like, if I don't invest my money, I find I'm a really slow learner. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. slow. It takes me a long time to learn a lesson and I will keep learning that lesson in a different story over and over and over again. And it's so frustrating. So for me, I was like, fuck that shit. I just want to be done now. And for me, that's how I've been able to really grow, 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 like spiritually, financially, um, in my relationship. Like I just, you know, I hire coaches, I hire a coach and they just take me like, it's, really insane cool. that incline that I've been on. I look at myself two years ago and I'm like, oh my God, she was homeless, not knowing when she's gonna sleep at night, like not knowing if I'll be able to feed my dog, you know, starving myself for two days mm-hmm. so I can feed him. Like, oh my God, like, oh that's horrendous. Like I never want to be back there. Like that's horrible. You know, like and I'm sure most people listening to this are not in like that crazy of a situation. Like that was, you know, in, that was an intense time. Um, but really 
that was it for me and making that investment. And it could be, you know, a $500 investment, like something that's going to stretch you, something that's going to be like, okay, this is, this is a lot. It's not going to kill me, but it's something I want to invest in. Because when I find when you actually make an investment is when you're like, oh shit, I need to show up. I have to do the work because I paid for this. You want to get your money's worth. Right, exactly. It's totally yeah. it. That's totally it. So you actually show up and you actually do the work. Um, also, you know, getting an accountability partner, for me, like, mm-hmm. I've done that. I've tried. But I find, you know, people can just um, – it can be very difficult to find an accountability partner who's actually going to be accountable to you. So if that's the route you want to take, I would just say find somebody – who's actually just as done as you are, like who's just, you know, I'm fucking done with this. Because if you're not done Mm -hmm. with where you're at, if you're not so fed up with it, it's not going to change. You have to be Mm -hmm. like at a place where you're saying, I cannot do this anymore. I will not live like this anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's a powerful, it's a powerful place to be. Though When you're in that place of like, I'm done Oof, like you were just going to catapult, like you were just going to take quantum leaps forward. Mm-hmm. That's when it all shifts. Yeah. And you just, but you have to like truly, truly be done to have that shift really happen. And like in, in my experience and, you know, like I've coached some people that are like, you know, they want to half asset and I've like fired them. Cause I'm like, I don't want to work. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get results. Like you're not doing it. I'm like, you're wasting your money. I want to take it. Wow. Yeah. That's a good kick in the ass that they might have needed. <laughs> right? Because I'm like, well, you're wasting my time because you're not taking my advice. Yeah. You're wasting your own time. You're wasting your own money. So what are you doing? Yeah. Like, you need to really want, and who doesn't? You know, like, for you, you're like, fuck yeah, I want my house in Malibu. You know? yeah. I want to have, like, I want to be sipping margaritas by the pool with my best girls beside me, and it's not a vacation. This mm-hmm. is my life. Yeah. Like, why totally. not you? Absolutely. Like, fucking go for it. But just do yeah. the little things that you need to do to get out of your own way. Totally. That just, I guess, brings us full circle because why not you is really lo- leads back to self love. Like, knowing that you are worth it and you deserve it. Um, will allow you to make that mental shift to go for your dreams, to go for what you want and take it. Absolutely. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Well, I'm so, I'm feeling very inspired. Um, (laughs) How, how do people work with you now and how can they connect with you after they're done listening to this episode? Yeah. So um, I have my own podcast, the life with Libby podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, You can also join my free Facebook group, which is the magical AF babes group. Um, Mm -hmm. And I can send you everything. So it can all be linked in the show notes. Um, That's, you know, a free place. Mm -hmm. I do free guided meditations every Monday morning. I do free live coaching sessions in there. So it's a really great place to um, get, you know, a lot of free content, a lot of free material. So that's really great. Um, 
And then also on Instagram and YouTube as Life with Libby. So L-I-B-B-I-E. That's really how I um, connect with people. And then, you know, to work with me is an application. Like um, I just, you know, for me, it's not really about just like taking in every single person because that's not what I'm here to do. It's like, let's have a chat. Let's have a heart to heart. Let's see if we're actually going to be good together. Let's see if we flow well together. And let's see if I can help you. And right, you know, that's it. Like, I just want to have, let's just have a chat because my coaching isn't going to be for everybody. The way that I do it is not going to, you know, be the right way. I'm very, you know, into magic. I'm a very into like ascending into your magic and using that self-love magic to cultivate and manifest anything you want. Right. And really stepping into your power and in your beauty and walking mm-hmm. with power and grace and my my program is not going to be for everybody. And I want to make sure that I'm only in taking people who are right for that program. Right. And who are really ready mm-hmm. to like get serious. And, you know, that's it. But really, I just like to have a chat where it's heart to heart, where it's just a really sacred space for you to come and say, OK, you know, this is what I'm going through, where it's completely confidential. Like we'd have a cup of coffee together, have a glass of wine together. And just see, okay, well, how can I take you from mundane to magic? I love that. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, you know, and then Um, then we go from there. Very cool. Um, I feel like I could talk to you for five more hours, but um, I think I'm going to have to have you come back for a part two if you're open to it. Because I have like a hundred more questions for you. No, this has been so um, amazing, anyway, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for having so me. Oh. oh, thank you for coming on. It was such a worthwhile, amazing conversation. So I appreciate you sharing your wisdom. Thank you.